This is a hat trick podcast. Oh, lovely. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information rather than real, practical advice? I'm Degree Weight, and this is the real sex education. Every other week, I'll be posing sex questions busting sex myths and opening up our mailbox to answer your relationship conundrums but in order to do this i need an expert a sexpert if you will but the only sex and relationship therapist i know is my mum hello mum hello digs hello and welcome to the real sex education i'm digby wait and i'm joined as ever by accredited sex and relationship therapist kate campbell hello mum hello digs one thing I'd like to ask you to do is stop moving your bloody microphone. <laughs> you can't help yourself, can you? No, I was banging it, wasn't I? You were, you were banging it. I'll I mean, do it again. Don't do that. I didn't notice I was doing it. I was doing it absentmindedly because you distracted me. What, by doing the introduction to the podcast when you yeah. should be razor focused? Right. I'm on it. You've just banged the table again. <laughs> well, that was me being enthusiastic and razor focused. <laughs> For God's sake. In the podcast realm, being razor focused is having your hands up here. I'm now putting them above my head. Just hands. But what you can't do is slam the table like you're, I don't know, Hitler at the end of downfall. Uh, that's very offensive. Why? Because it is. Um, I just compare you to Hitler. It's not a big a deal. <laughs> In these episodes, we give a different aspect of sex and relationships a good going over. And often that means a bit of myth busting. So today, I thought we'd talk about perhaps the most popular myth in the lesbian community, which is the legend of the lesbian bed death. Mum, what is lesbian bed death? It's the idea that because there's no testosterone fueled male in the relationship, that mm. women don't have the impetus and interest to maintain a sexual relationship. So they just kind of drift out of it. Mm. So committed... Uh, monogamous lesbian relationships all eventually are doomed doomed yeah are doomed to be sexless um yes you know what do you think about this then is it real is there any science backing this up no it's no. it's it's rubbish um yeah i mean that certainly uh, uh, you, you know lots of lesbian couples seek sex therapy lots of lesbian couples find that their relationship does drift and become sexless but so mm -hmm. do lots of straight relationships and gay relationships mm. and bi relationships and poly relationships you know lots of yeah. relationships do this it is not simply a feature of lesbian relationships yeah i i sort of when i did my own research on this earlier basically this all came about because of some studies that were done in the 80s and it was sort of people made reference to it then and there was a a study i think in the 1980s of american couples which concluded that lesbians had less sex than their heterosexual and gay couple counterparts but that study received some flack over mm. the years understandably because has, yeah the first thing is it basically made that distinction off one question how often do you have sex mm. and 
you know, these lesbian couples would say, oh, let's say they, they, they have sex like once a month, whereas heterosexual couples and gay couples would say more. But in later studies, they found, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, I read that they found that actually lesbian couples had sex two to three times longer than their heterosexual counterparts. So whilst heterosexual counterparts might have sex more often, it was, they were shorter sessions, let's call them. Mm. And also, lesbian women were more likely to orgasm in any particular sexual encounter than their bisexual or heterosexual counterparts. This is true. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, this is very true. And and th- there's no doubt about it that the people who have lesbian relationships say they have much more reliable orgasms and mm. much more satisfying sex because they're mm. with somebody who understands their body so well. Yeah, a bit better. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, would you say so, the same for? Do gay couples say the same? Like two men? Two men. Um, lesbians come. Most of the research, lesbians come out best. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That is very mm. interesting. Yeah, because even that original study, just asking these couples how often they have sex, that initial study, it went gay couples have the most or the most frequent, then it was mm. heterosexual, then it was lesbian, which I think is why they thought of this. And to be fair, more recent studies still do conclude something similar. But again. It's interesting to make that distinction that lesbian couples may have sex less often, but the sex they do have is longer than heterosexual couples at the very least, and gay couples, and orgasms are more... Um... More, more reliable. The, the, the other thing, that of the three groups, lesbians come out as the, the most satisfied. Mm. So it really does th- throw the whole lesbian bed death idea out of the mm. window. I mean, you know, there, there are going to be some relationships where sex tails off, but there are mm. in all relationships, and it is yeah. not necessarily a feature of just lesbian relationships. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just go through some of those now, though. So what could the causes of, of a long-lasting uh, relationship be? Because this will encapsulate lesbian relationships as well. What 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 are some of the things that you see? Because I'm sure you see this all the time. It's basically half your job, I'd imagine. So when people are living together, there isn't the impetus to think about sex. You're in a, mm. You've got other things to be doing. So you can say, well, we can leave it till tomorrow because we're not on a date. Mm. So you complacency can kick in. You can become more likely to feel like relatives, um, mm. you know, because you become very, very close, in which case a sort of incest taboo kicks in unconsciously and you start to think, oh, I don't want to have sex with this person. That can happen to any couple. Yeah. There's the longevity thing where if you've been in a relationship for more than 10 years, it's more likely that you will lose libido a bit and, and have responsive desire rather than, than mm. active desire. That can happen. So, you know, it, it, it's not on, I mean, life can just be too busy for sex. Um, yeah. That's very, very common too. So any of those things can happen to anybody. All of those reasons could could apply into this but then maybe one one of the ones that i want to pick you up on there is what you said about uh, responsive desire now we've talked about that a lot but a lot of people won't know what that is so can you explain the difference can you explain what responsive desire and spontaneous desire are and what the differences are between the two of them so spontaneous desire happens when people are thinking about sex and 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 feeling aroused, just mm. generally thinking they want to have sex with somebody, their partner. You know, they look at their partner and think, wow, you're really sexy. I want, uh, you know, let's go to bed. Yeah. Whereas people may appreciate that another person is attractive, but not be thinking, oh, I want to go to bed with you. I'm, I'm not feeling the desire. It's not until they're actually aroused that they start to feel the desire. So if they can choose to be sexual and then start to enjoy it, then the desire will arrive. But otherwise, they might not just think, 
oh, I feel like sex and initiate it. And this is Mm. thought to be a feature of women. And because it's thought to be a feature of women, it's assumed if you've got two women and they both feel that way, they're never going to have sex. But of course, they can choose to have sex. I mean, loads and loads of couples say, shall we have sex and go and have sex? Because Mm. it's their birthday or something. They might not feel like doing it. They might not actually have the desire there, but they're making the choice because they know they'll enjoy it once they get going. Mm. Mm. So we're not talking about coercing anybody into doing something they don't want to do. We're talking about people choosing to do something that they know they'll enjoy once they get started but just not feeling the twitch you know yeah. bit by themselves because i think some people will go and quite rightly because we you know we should be thinking consent first someone mm. you'll hear someone go oh i don't i have i let's say i have responsive desire so i need and it, you know I it's not spontaneous and someone might start you know initiating something with me and i have to sort of go um, I'm not really in the mood now, but I know if I sort of get into this a little bit, then maybe I will get into the mood of it. So I'll like, mm. you know, and that's that's responsive desire. A lot, to a lot of people, their, their consent alarm bells will be going off, but it's not like I'm non-consenting to the situation. It's not like I'm like, oh, this is horrible and I hate it. It's like, oh no, I've done this before. I know I like this and I just, and I know I'm just maybe not in the necessary mood at the moment, but you know, give it a couple of minutes. I'll just get into it. You know, I'm just going to respond in kind. I mean, the thing is, that it's the initiation, it's the starting getting yeah. started. And there are other ways that people can get started as well. I mean, I mean, we're looking at research which says that a lot of women in long relationships don't feel spontaneous desire. They've, they have responsive desire, but it applies to a third of men as well. So yeah. it's really, really common. Mm, absolutely, yeah. But but this is the thing, and I think it also talks about responsive desire in Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are. But the, the thing is, in that book, Emily also, <laughs> Emily, we're on first name terms, but she makes this distinction as well and says that, well, the thing is, is that more men have spontaneous desire, more women have responsive desire, and... That is something that should be taken into account. To be fair, like you, you know, because mm. actually, in the in the book, she notes seventy five percent of men and fifteen percent of women feel spontaneous desire, which you then do the maths the other way, and this is her her research, but that would then suggest that eighty five percent of women have responsive desire. So that's actually really mm. quite a big number. Well, so- no, I mean, in longer relationships, I thought it was near 100%. I mean, it depends on what research mm-hmm. you read. I mean, it, in longer relationships, it certainly does look as if it's very, very, very high in women, mm. the, the responsive desire, very high. But then would you then say, okay, so it's more likely that a woman will have responsive desire, particularly in a longer term relationships. So Two women in a lesbian relationship that's gone on for, you know, quite a while might fall into these roles of both having response to desire. And thus, that's why it creates this lesbian dead bed. I keep calling it bed death. That's it. I keep calling it death bed. I'm like, no, they're not dead. Yeah, well, that's what I was just saying, that the assumption is that it's more likely. But Mm. on the other hand, we know there are lots of things you can do. The other thing about Mm. women is that they're less likely to be avoiding pleasant touch in case it leads to something more, because that's much more common in straight relationships. Mm-hmm. So they're much more likely to be touching and enjoying touch. And intimate in other ways. And being intimate, yeah, mm. in other ways, which can make up for a lot. Because if mm. you think that every time you touch, it has to go forward into, mm-hmm. into orgasm and so on, then, yeah. then, you're, then, it's, then you're going to be having, you're probably going to be avoiding intimate touch if you don't want mm. to have all of that. If you want to avoid sex, sex, 
then you're, you're going to avoid those. So you won't have as much touch. You won't do it as often. You won't let it go as far as it goes and then have a comfortable way of stopping when you feel it's come, you know, that's as far as I yeah. want to go today. You're not going to have somebody telling you, oh, I'll get blue balls if you stop. You know, you, yeah, no, yeah. that's not going to happen. So it's more likely that they're actually having more intimate time which mm. which you may or may not call sexual. That's the other thing. It's really difficult to define what sex is. Mm. You know, if you only think of it in terms of orgasm or intercourse, which of course, you know, may or may not apply, you, you know, you're narrowing down what sex is for everybody. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're applying mm. standards to, to relationships, which, which, which don't really have any basis. Why do we say we have to have sex twice a week or whatever it is? Yeah. You know, yeah. What, where's them? Because it's different for everybody. It might be, you know, it might be twice a day for some people and twice a year for others mm, or twice mm. a decade or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be great for me. That'd be a big 200% increase. Twice a day. Twice a year. Um, <laughs> but I want to, so this is amazing. And we're going to get onto more of those because I think the next thing I want to ask you is about, you know, how to avoid it slash what, what can be done. And that's a great thing there is, is you know, all of the, a lot of what this is, particularly with the frequency is, what are the or what are these weird expectations? We we end up you realise you just make them up in your head. I mean, yes, they are they they are pressures that are put on by society, but you do make them up in your head. Because then I'm sure I'm correct me if you're wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if you did this. If you in the sex therapy room go, okay, then well, how much sex do you think you're supposed to be having? And they both think of a number in their head and they say it out loud. And not only are their numbers different to each other, so they're not even it's not even like an, an agreed standard. The numbers will be different to each other. And then also when they look at each other and you go, well, how do you feel about that number? They'll both go. Well, I don't even know if I really want that. You know, even what they've said, you know, it's what they think they should be doing. But even in themselves, you then have to ask them, okay, now you've said what you think you should be doing. What what do you actually want? And they'll go, oh, okay, change it. That well, might that, still that mean they want to have happens, sex more. Though. That, that actually oh, isn't right. what happens. Um, well, I mean, you know, it can do occasionally. Yeah, I'm telling you how your job works. So <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm not surprised it's not how it happens. So yeah. what, quite, what sometimes happens, which always is amusing, in your first session you're saying, what are you hoping to get out of this? What do you want? And they say, oh, we, we're hardly having sex at all. It's totally gone off the radar. Mm. And that can mean anything. That can mean we haven't had sex for 20 years. Or it can mean we haven't had sex for a fortnight or we haven't yeah, had sex today, yeah. you know, something like that. And so you you have to find out what it actually means. And a lot of people say, well, we don't think we're having sex enough. So mm. I talk to my friends and they're all having sex twice a week. Right. How often are you having sex? Well, it's more like twice a month. Okay. So you said, so you'd like to have it more often than twice a month. Yeah, yeah, we'd like that. So then you see them individually and you say to them, how often are you having sex? Twice a month. How often would you like to have sex? Twice a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're forgetting. So what they've done is they've come to the conclusion that other people are having more sex than them and that there's something wrong with them. Mm, and that's where the expectation and the, the yes. pressure comes in. And, yeah. and you know, that, and I think somebody should sit couples down, all couples, whatever their orientation, their sexual orientation should be sat down and told. There are times in life when you go through a really shit period. I don't think there's another mm. way to put it. You go through <laughs> a really difficult time. When, As a couple, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when external factors quite often influence how you feel about each other you're irritable with each other because you're too busy you don't you both feel the other person isn't pulling their weight you've got too much on you feel harassed you feel resentful 
People have that. Every relationship goes through this. And quite often mm. it's, a, it's a chunk of time when you've got young children or it's a chunk of time when you're climbing the greasy pole at work or it's a chunk of time when you've got sick older relatives. There's always a lot of calls on your time. And instead mm. of saying, wow, our relationship has been going through so much and here we still are. Mm. And, you know, now and again, we have sex, which is really nice or could be better, but, you know, we're making the effort. Instead of thinking that, they think, oh, we're doing it really badly, we're doing it wrong. Maybe the relationship's stuffed and we need to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're not, but we're really good friends and we really love each other, but maybe the relationship's... What? Mm. You know, mm. I mean... Well, yeah, yeah. It's I, crazy. I, you can understand why people will do it. Because I, I, it's the same in a work context. Like, I remember some person came into our work and talked to us about that and they said oh yeah what you should do every now and then is look back and think about how far you've come rather than how far you need to go to wherever you want to go to next just because every time and then then if you're constantly thinking what's next what's next what's next you don't just sit back and realize oh well, i've actually done a pretty good job doing this that and the other well there's you know what the other thing is that people look back and they see how happy they were Mm-hmm. And you, at the time, it's it's really common not to realise, not to recognise this is a happy period of your life. You don't know until mm-hmm. you look back quite often. I mean, we all know we're having a nice day. This is lovely. I had a really good time. This is a great holiday, whatever, whatever, whatever. But looking back, I mean, if you're talking about chunks of time, you probably, mm-hmm. oh, well, I was really happy when I lived there. But you probably wouldn't have thought it at the time. What you may have forgotten is that you were having a terrible argument with a Coleman. <laughs> What the fuck's that? What am I talking? I don't know. A terrible with a Coleman. What even is that? (laughs) In the olden days, people used to have coal delivered. (laughs) You what? Honestly, you're not that old. You're not that old. I'm not. But like, what? So why the hell do you have these weird references? In my head, I was imagining. Edwardian houses because Why? Uh, because lesbian bed death is a bit of an Edwardian concept. Is it? Mm, yeah. I it, was, it was an eighties thing. Yeah, I know, but there was a, there's been stuff written and things right, before. Right, about the, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So well, that makes more sense. So I had- well, this does not excuse the other day when you said, "Oh, when you gave, gave an example of someone sat at home sucking on a humbug." No one. Why did no- I mention a humbug? You, literally, like two episodes ago, or I don't you were like, that. Oh, I did like, I mention oh, a humbug? The, the man in the, the house sat there, you know, <laughs> sucking on a humbug. And I, I just think not. there's going to sure be so many of our yeah, we're going to be so many of our listeners going like, "What is a humbug? I've never heard of a well, humbug." It's, it's a brown and white sweet sweet yes. minty. Yes, which I think they sold before the wheel was invented. I think they still sell them, but they're but they're not very yeah, nice, they're, and they're very specialist. Like you have to buy them again from the Midlands, and you have to you Do have it? to have worked. Yeah, 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 and you have to have worked at least eight weeks in a in a mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, You're it's true. It up. You no, can but buy listen, humbugs that... anywhere out of a jar. I bet they sell them in packets. Out of a jar. In, in this is what I'm saying. Sweet, sweet slash mints in a jar. This is how old your references are. I, I'll bet you anything you like that you can get them in Sainsbury's or somewhere. Listen, we should get back onto it because we, we've been having a lot of fun. Here we go then. How to avoid lesbian bed death. We've mentioned already sort of talking to your partner about it and what you want out of the relationship. Are you too busy thinking about the frequency? And is that really what you want? Because you might actually have a conversation and go, we're only having sex twice a month, but we actually both think that's fine. Mm. And we've also talked about spontaneous desire versus responsive desire. So maybe when your partner, let's say your partner tries to initiate, 
you can think to yourself, hey, listen, I know I love having sex with my partner. We've had it sex loads before. I know I like the things we do and all that sort of stuff. Maybe I don't want to at the moment, but they're going to initiate. I'm going to receive and reciprocate. And maybe in a few minutes, I'll be right back into it. And it'll be great. But is that sort of conscious you, decision? You, well, you could do that. I mean, you could make that conscious decision. But you could also find a way to say, I don't want to do that at the moment. Um, mm. But you, if you keep you know, saying that, then we have a, a well, dead No, but, but I guess you can take turns. And there are all sorts of, I mean, what, what we'd be likely to say in a sex therapy situation to all couples, when yes. they're ending, when they're finishing sex therapy and they've got to this point, they've reached a satisfactory way of being together. They're having the kind of sex they want when they want it. That's really great. But a lot of people worry that that will end and they'll go back to where they were before. Mm-hmm. So we would always be talking about how you maintain the momentum you've gained. You Because you're telling people you've got to do this thing two or three times a week, usually. So so they've got time set aside. And that's mm. the thing. You have to keep up having that time set aside. You don't always have to have time put aside for sex, but you do put time aside for being together as a couple. And I'm mm. always saying this. You can do anything in that time. But it, if you like, it's really nice to have some intimate time if you can lie down naked together, spoons, chat together, just lie naked holding hands, you you know, have a bath together. But just do something where it's both of you so that you're feeding the relationship, giving some time to the relationship. And it can become sexual if you want it to, or it can stay just a nice, cosy time, a chat. You know, there's so many things you can do, which are quite sensual. You know, like I'm always talking about bedroom picnics, where you you know you're feeding one another chocolate dipped strawberries or something and and that's quite fun and if you don't feel like doing if you're too tired and you don't feel like doing anything maybe if you're lying there together naked and one wants to masturbate is it okay if they do it while you hold them or is it okay if you're just there watching i mean you know there are so many ways of dealing with this and allowing yourselves to flirt and to touch and to become aroused without saying, right now you're frustrating me and I it's got to go further. That, you know, just, just allow. Because the more often mm. you do feel a bit of arousal, the more likely it is that you're going to start to simmer and start to actually ignite the desire. Because mm, mm. it, it may well come as a result of, 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 of that constant you know, feeding. And, mm, and, and mm. allowing yourselves to be sexual together in those ways. Because, I mean, if, if you're sort of rubbing against one another, kissing, touching in all sorts of ways that aren't going to end up with it, orgasm and you know they're not, then you are still having some kind of sex. It's still sexual. So that should be very gratifying. It should make you more interested in orgasm at some point or, or a bit more sex or a bit more touching. And mm. that's that's generally what tends to happen because people start to become interested because they are responding, you know, mm. with their responsive desire. They're responding to the stimulation that they're giving one another. Yeah, yeah. And so that's another one of my points would be the scheduling time, which I think we always bloody say, but it's true. It's a good, it's, it's you know, because otherwise true. you just, particularly if you live together, you end up just your lives get in the way and you never mm. really... Yeah, you, you never have that time together. Well, you, you have to you, make you time, yeah. Yeah, Because exactly. when they're relaxed and they're choosing what they're doing, it's very different to feeling, well, this could lead to sex, so we better close it down now because I'm too busy. I've got sandwiches to make. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. I've got to have an argument with Coleman. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's okay. outside I- eating humbugs, yes. 
Yeah, exactly. Ultimately, then, lesbian bed death, do you think it's a myth? Yeah. Or do you think it exists? No, I don't really. There is an awful lot of research that contradicts the research. And and I don't mm. think it's any more, unless there's some that suddenly appeared since the last time I looked, I don't mm. think that it's any more likely than in any other relationship. But because there are these things we know about women and there are these reasons to apply these things, women mm. get this bum steer, run this bad rap or whatever you call it. You know, they, yeah. they they end up being accused of things which probably aren't true. I, I think I, maybe it's because it's it's a whole thing that's also framed as very comparative and it's really hard mm. to compare people's... Because maybe a better question for that original questionnaire would have been to say, how satisfied are you sexually? Exactly. You know, how satisfied... Because like we've said before, yes, lesbians may, and this is not all, again, this is just what some studies have found. Lesbians may have sex less frequently than than their heterosexual and gay counterparts. Mm. However, their sex lasts longer, as I've said, and, and their orgasms are more guaranteed. Yeah. So you would argue maybe that's more satisfying. Mm. You know, no, 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 but they say it's more satisfying. I mean, when, yeah, you know, yeah, in yeah. research, if you say, is, yeah. if you do ask that question, how satisfied are you? Then they tend to, to say they're more satisfied. And, and potentially, you know, a lesbian couple can end up with uh, a, a dead bedroom, but in the same way that every other couple can, that like you said at the beginning. Yeah, so can and any other couple. Exactly. And the the way to stop that um, isn't always clear and obvious to couples, otherwise it wouldn't happen. But, mm. you know, what we've just talked about or going to sex therapy is ways to sort that out. Well, you so, know, one more thing is that, you know, that, that, that a lot of couples, that it often happens to people round about um, the perimenopause that couples, you know, lose their libido. And we're always talking about the way that when you're not having a spike in desire mid-month because there's a spike in hormones mid-month. And this applies mm. to women on the pill as well, that if you if you don't have that spike, then you think your libido has gone altogether. And mm. it, it often hasn't. But because you're not having that spike, you can't, you know, it's, it's more effort. The, the potential's yeah. there, but there's more effort. Put people on HRT and they often become extremely interested in sex again. What's HRT? Um, hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. Which which is often given to women because of the side effects of of the perimenopause and menopausal times, you know, where they get hot flushes and um, sweats and things like that, and dry vagina and things like that. So so HRT overcomes some of those things. And then mm. another side effect can be that it makes you more interested in sex again. Well, there you go. Mm. So basically, if you've learned anything, lesbians get involved in HRT. Dicks, don't what? say if you've learned anything, lesbians. Sorry. Well, if you've learned anything, gang. And you want to be like more, it. yeah, more, I don't know. If you want to be hornier, Horn- get some HRT. Horn- That's our big, so we, we've given you, you know, like schedules time f- for sex in, you know, identify what you both want out of the relationship sexually and get some HRT. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that's good. We will be back with some of your questions and more of the podcast in part two, right after this. <laughs> 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the mailbag, thank you, queries. Two podcasts at hatch.com. It's the mailbag, thank Katie Queries, podcast at hatch.com. Hello there, I have a query for Kate. I would like to know when the real sex education mailbag starts. The real sex education mailbag starts right now. Thank you. Welcome back to part two of the Real Sex Education podcast, where we answer the questions you sent into us via the anonymous link in our Instagram bio. We're at Real Sex Ed Pod there, or by sending us an email to podcast at hatchet.com. We have a question here from that link to our Instagram that reads <clears throat> I'm in a really happy marriage, but we got together quite young and I never had a chance to sleep around. I love my husband so much. He treats me really well and we have a lovely sex life together, but I often find myself craving the attention of other men and fantasizing about what it would be like to sleep with someone else. I think it's because I want to feel that new desire from someone again. I would never, ever cheat on my husband, but these thoughts make me feel so guilty. Is this really bad or am I normal? Well, it sounds pretty normal, doesn't it? Um, yeah. You know, to think about what, what the alternatives are to what you've got. But, you know, lots of people become really hung up on that new relationship energy and think that because they don't have it anymore, that their relationship isn't as good as it once was and that there's something wrong with their relationship now. And some people just go from one relationship to another, dumping the relationship once the NRE ends or the honeymoon yes. period or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. it's, it's such a shame because because you can't get back the hormones that make you feel the way you do a little bit mad in the early part of the relationship. Mm. And it's very nice mm. to feel like that. And it's very nice to feel wanted, but it's not actually real. It's your hormones blinding you to the faults in the other partner and making you simper and be silly and, you know, just you know, just generally have a great time and, and want to have loads of sex. That's the other thing. Whereas mm. um, the, and what Mother Nature is trying to do is to get you to bond. And and as soon as you bond, the minute you make a commitment, bango, the hormones, they disappear. Mm. But why the hell would Mother Nature do that? Because surely, no, but does Mother Nature want us to stay committed to each other or does Mother Nature want us just to suck and fuck? The Mother Nature wants you to reproduce. This is what Mother Nature wants you to do. Well, that's what I mean. So that's why it's sort of like, that's why you're like, okay, well, as soon as More you're committed. More fucking than sucking, to be fair, is what Mother Nature <laughs> wants in this instance. So, yeah. Um, yes, you're right. But, but yeah, I, so that's a tough one. I mean, obviously, we've been speaking about lesbians in this episode as well. So it's always a bit like, if Mother Nature wants me to reproduce, then why am I having sex with so many women? But um, maybe that's debate for another day. No, 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 it's not. Because it's, it's you, you know, this is what you're physiologically primed to do, to bond. So it's not just the reproducing. It's also mm. the bonding. So that, right. and there are lots of reasons why we work better when we're in couples. You know, that, that mm. you know, society would have grown to a halt because we wouldn't have been reproducing. But there are other things about having a commitment to somebody means that you're more likely to take seriously work and generally 
generally being part of a community and being pro-social because you you want to maintain your family, whatever mm. kind of family you have, even if it's just the two of you. So nature is is primed to make you pro-social, whatever your sexuality, and primed to make you reproduce. And the thing is, you can want to reproduce in a same-sex couple. You can very much want to reproduce in a same-sex couple, and you can reproduce in a same-sex couple. Mm, So we're not just talking about that physiological, you know, need to make couples bang. We're talking Mm. about that need to want something, and Mm. and something which is pro-social and which, which continues the race, the human race. The so, human race. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so there's all sorts of reasons for hormones, and they, and it is a thing. It's a real, real thing. So then, let's take it back. Then this this person, they're in a really happy marriage, mm. but again, it's someone who who feels like they haven't had the chance to sleep around. I feel like that's quite common. I think that's probably a pressure from society, maybe, to be like you have to have like had loads of sex and had loads of fun when you were a kid and settle down later. Whereas people who settle down quicker earlier you know, then get to a little bit older and they think, oh God, maybe I've missed out. But is that just... Well, it doesn't sound in this case as if this is a person who feels they've missed out. This sounds like a person who's feeling that they're missing out currently on affection um, Mm. and intimacy. So I, you know, first, first step here would be to look at the relationship and where that can be improved and maybe talk to the partner and maybe think about whether the relationship has changed, has changed because it's been a good relationship and you've actually outgrown the relationship. It's very possible that this person is falling out of, out of love, still loving the person, but has fallen out of love with them because they need something different and they do want to go scouting. Um, because because yeah, they but- because they need something different, or or that could be completely ridiculous, and the relationship might be great, and you know they shouldn't mess around. And just to jump in there on that, I love my husband so much; he treats me really well, and we have a lovely sex life together. So it seems mm. I, I would never ever cheat on my husband. But these thoughts make me feel guilty. Is this really bad or am I normal? So I, if we are to take this person at face value, then you know then they do love their husband. It's just this thing of you know, at the same time, maybe, do you know, can, maybe this is a bit deeper question, but can you love someone but still want to shag other people? Of course you can. And the, the thing, yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a really difficult one because you've got to say it, the, the, it, it it's hard because you, uh, people should be allowed to self-actualize and all of that. And they want, you know, and if you, if you want to experiment for a bit, then I, I mean, I know of loads of couples where one of them said, I really, really want to do some experimentation. I just want to see if I mm. can do this. I, and, and often it's not about the sex and it's not about the relationship. It's about whether they can interest someone else mm. and, and go through with it and, you, you know, make and, and feel that they're, they're, they're still desirable. Yes. You know, now, so that, and it's yeah. that. And so, I mean, this is, so this is great. <laughs> and I know people who've done it and it's worked yeah. really well. Equally, I know people who've said to their partner, this is what I want to try. And they've said, I, oh, relationship over. Just mm, even mm. the fact that you're thinking about it, we're done. Mm, mm. So it's a massive it, risk. It's a yeah, massive risk. It is a massive risk. I mean, mm. what would you say? Would you say, because you're not wrong for thinking about sleeping with other people. People do that all the time. Mm. You know, it's not, that's not crazy. And, you know, your thoughts are your own. You, a lot of the time you can't help them. I'm going to say now, don't think of elephants. What do you think about elephants? Our brains are our own thing. You know, one of the best things I've ever been taught is, I am not my thoughts, you know, you're very much more your actions. Mm. So you're not bad. You're not really bad for thinking these things. You cannot help what you think about. 
it depends on you know it's different with how you feel and, and what you want to do with these thoughts whether you know whether you want to go through with them and stuff and and again you're completely normal and you're not bad either if you do want to follow through with them it but but there is a significant risk to your relationship well there can be i mean that, i mean as i say i know i know lots of people who have followed through and lots mm. of people who haven't and the, the and the interesting thing is why you feel you've missed out I mean, mm, you know, do mm. look at do look at why you feel you've missed out, because if it's just simply that you hear people saying you should be having loads of sex or, mm. you, you know, you, you're having a chat with your friends and they're all saying, oh, you know, I had a lot of sex before I got married and it's really weird only having one partner or it's lovely now I've only got one partner or whatever, you know, and you think, oh, well, I only had I've only ever had one partner or something like that. You're applying someone else's standards to your own life. If if this was what you wanted at the time, and it's all good now, why rock the boat? I guess. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, if it, yeah. if it could really upset your partner, because you can imagine if you think you've got a great relationship and you're having lovely sex and you're getting on really well, and your partner suddenly says, "I think I missed out. I want to do." I mean, that could be quite tough to hear, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but also, you know, it, it could go the other way where you go, oh, I don't want you to feel like you missed out. Like we had with yes, Jack Barry a few point. weeks ago. His wife was like, oh, you know, I, I've never got to explore my the lesbian side of me, I guess, or the, the side of me that wants to sleep with women. He was like, that's terrible. You should absolutely do that. Well, that is slightly they- different though, isn't it? Because that's actually something that somebody, you, you know, so that sounds like they have a really, really good relationship where mm. she, she reached a point because she wasn't saying this at the start of the relationship, but the relationship became so close, so intimate, so good that she was able to say that. Mm. And it may well be that this relationship from the writer is is that good and that's yeah. what and that's why they're saying it now or it might be that it's so close and so good that they're frightened by it they're frightened of being consumed by the relationship or mm. getting too close or they're frightened of losing this person and so this is a bit of an intimacy regulator yeah this idea yeah. it could be anything and that's why it's so difficult to discuss and give advice about it because you you don't know the couple you don't know which way it's going to go i mean i do this i do see a lot of couples where they talk about this kind mm. of thing mm. we we do look at it and see where it's going to go and sometimes people say yeah i'm absolutely cool with it or whatever and then mm. when it's actually actually about to happen they have a nervous breakdown about it and say how could you yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, hard. It's tough. There's no more we can say then than what you said, which is a really good thing to say is like, why? You know, in 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 what you've written here is, I find myself craving the attention of other men. I, I feel like I feel like I've missed out. You know, you said you never cheat, and all you've really said is, am I bad? Or am I normal? You're completely normal is the answer to that. Mm. If you want to act on it or not, I think what you should ask yourself first is why? why well, do I yeah, and I mean, way? if, she, if you're craving, I mean, you know, is is it just that you want to be confirmed as, as somebody desirable? Mm. Or is it that actually there is something lacking in your relationship at the moment and that you could put in there without going to all the trouble of having to find somebody else as well? Can you confirm yourself as desirable whilst being in a monogamous relationship? Mm. How? Well, well, I mean, you know, that, that's what somebody would know. I mean, they know what they're looking for and they know what's missing. Well, I'm looking for other people that aren't my husband to find me hot and want to shag me. Yeah, but let's say you go to a party together. Yes. And you flirt with, mm, with somebody, with loads, of other loads of other people. Yeah. And, you, and they're, they're obviously interested and you have a really good time and you feel really desirable and then you go home and shag your partner. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean that sounds great. That sounds great, and you're you're confirm. I mean that, and that's what most people do. That's how most people do find that you know they have little flirty dalliances with someone in the office or somebody at a party, or somebody at the bus stop or the Coleman. <laughs> and then, <Yes. laughs> um, but but the, but then they go home with their partner. Yeah, I, I I like that. Again, maybe that even is a conversation in itself. Is it? I don't know because you know some people might think if I go to a, a party with my partner, and they're spending all night talk, not talking to me, they're flirting with loads of people. I mean, the car journey home, they're thinking, brilliant. I'm going to now shag you, and I'm thinking, bloody hell. You know, you've been I've been flirting with everyone all night. Not flirt with me. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you if you left your partner on their own and went off taking the phone numbers of other people, that's very mm. different from just now and again having a little flirt here and there and spending yeah. still spending time with your partner and still looking at your partner across the room and winking or blowing a kiss. <laughs> yeah, or... see that sounds hot as hell. Yeah, it's really hot. See, that sounds great. Yeah, so then oh well, but then maybe this would be a discussion they can have. I mean. What you might think, though, is you might do that, and then you might think to yourself, "Well, what I've done is there is I've is I've is I've created several meals that I'll never eat." Is that a horrible way of putting it? Well, I mean, but 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 that you know, quite often the people will be in the same position. You know, if you imagine, so if you went to say a dinner party or with lots of couples, yeah. then you're all couples, and unless you're going to get into swinging or something, which you know, this isn't a swingers party, this is come dine with me, you know, then you're <laughs> yeah. type of an evening that you're going to be you're going home with your own partners, having enjoyed that little frisson. And shagging like rabbits because, Christ, you've been flirting with each other all evening and now you're both so hot and heavy and ready to go, all of you, all, all the couples, everyone come dine with me. They're shagging in the taxi back, 10 out of 10 from everyone. That isn't what I said at all. Oh. Stigs! <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were saying that they're all flirting with each other and then they go home to, yeah, they go home their, own to their own partners. But Yeah, that's what I mean. So all the partners are getting back in the taxis from this come dine with me thing and they're going, shagging each other. I thought you meant that on, on come dine with me, they were all, when on singles come dine with me, they were all sort oh. of, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Well, some episodes, yes. Well, maybe they do, yeah. Maybe they get together. I wonder whether people have gone on there and thought to themselves, oh, their croc monsieur was fantastic. <laughs> and now I'm thinking about cheating on my husband. No. Um, anyway. Oh, okay, well. come on. So give us some feedback. Tell us what happened. Give us some feedback. Mm. Tell us how it went. Yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be fascinated. Yeah, actually it'd be um, great to get feedback from everybody and they can say, Oh, you gave us rubbish advice, it was awful. Or Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Yes. If we ever give you shit advice, then do let us know. <laughs> Take us to task. Say, Oh, I did tell my husband, he's left me and now I'm really sad. No one wants to shag me any parties. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, and then we'll go, we're really sorry. Here's a five pound voucher to M&S. We'll just broadcast it and chat about it. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, your, your reward. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got on our little podcast. Well done. Um, that's bad, isn't it? Okay, here we go. Speaking of our, uh, getting on our little podcast, here's a really fun one. Okay, a question that we got in. Mum, all I would say is strap in for this one. Oh, it's fascinating, but I really want to get your thoughts on it. Oh. Everyone, if you're ready, here we go. Wow. Word for word, this is what we got. <laughs> From watching lots of porn, I've gone on to looking at cream pie or cum licking from women's pussy porn. I now literally want to do this with my wife. We dirty talk about it, but both back out post-cumming. Post-butt clarity? I think they mean post-nut clarity. The few times I've gone down on my wife post-sex has been amazing. Have I lost my mind? Is this normal? How can I make this a regular part of my sex life with my wife, not just taboo dirty talk? 
Right. So my initial reaction is this is mm. someone getting off on talking about this in yeah. this email. Yeah. It could be. It could easily be somebody. And are, we, are they going to listen to this and be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is it. I wonder what they're doing. Read it again. Moment. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I know. So it could be that because actually they seem to be getting an awful lot out of it, this idea. It's a weird idea. way to ask a question. It, well, it, it's a lot of detail. Um, and they and it's contradictory as well because because he's yes kind of doing it yeah they're like I've got into watching this porn cream pie come licking from women I now literally want to do it with my wife. we've talked about it already we have sex but we just don't do it after sex what do you want to hear from how do we make this part regular part of our sex life? well I'll tell you what you've already done is you've already done the hard work where you've found it on porn you've gotten into it you've told your wife about it she's into it. There's literally one step left, mate. So I don't understand. All I can say to you is when you say, oh, we're both back down, don't back down. How about that? Yeah, yeah that's a really good, <laughs> great advice, Diggs. That's really yeah. fantastic advice. You know what? You know, this is, it, it's a, this is a funny thing. But, you, you know, I, I think of myself as a professional. I think of myself mm. as doing, you know, a helpful job here. Yeah. And I can't tell you how often I pick up the phone and there's someone telling that kind of story. Asking down that kind line. of question down the line, which which mm. makes me wonder about this one, whether it's just the same sort of thing. Because I mean, and it might not be. And my my deep apologies to the writer if they are serious and we're being flippant about this. But, but it does happen a lot that people do this. They phone us up and and oh, do you know what happened once? Mm. Oh dear, oh, once somebody was ringing. So this wasn't a client, so I can talk about it. Mm. Somebody rang and somebody had with a doctor, a gynecologist who'd been on a night shift and had a difficult question, decided to phone a sex therapist to ask for the answer, but chose to phone really early in the morning because mm. he was coming off his night shift when I was fast asleep in bed. So I pick up mm. the phone and there's this rather breathless <laughs> man oh, no. asking this question. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, were you pervert what, and you, yeah what are you up to so i picked you know. up my my um referee's whistle <laughs> and nearly deafened him mm. so so the first time he rang i just went pervert and put the phone down he rang mm. again i put the phone down the third time i whistled him so then he sent me an email <laughs> so then he sent me an email apologizing and he was indeed a serious as it was a serious question yeah. But, so you can't always you can't always tell, but you know this is this is because this is experience. I mean, because I'm used to people. You, I'm not. Yeah. By the way, I'm not inviting people to ring me up and and be rude now. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, yeah. But just you talk about that. It's a dark. It's a, it's a, it's a interesting, but really dark side of the profession you're in is that people read the word sex therapist and like, brilliant. I'm going to ring them up and chat horrible stuff down the phone. Mm. It's scary. Um, but it, and and maybe we shouldn't be giving this person their time. But actually, I think. For two reasons. One, it's interesting to talk about that aspect of your job and the fact that people do do this. You know, this is this is what sex sometimes invites is people potentially to do this. But however, it could be the other side of it is this is a genuine question. But yeah. our, but the reason we're talk, think, talking about it flippantly, mate, is because you have done all the legwork. If this is a genuine question, there's not much more we can say than just just do it. Because mm. <laughs> you've and done we, literally everything else. And we cannot else. coerce your partner into doing anything no, but, that she doesn't uh, but, want to do. And equally, one of the reasons why we're querying this is because of all the people that do take liberties and make things up when they're, you know, about sex, which aren't actually true. Yeah, so so yeah. you can never be too certain. 
Well, yeah. Me and my wife dared to talk about it, but both back out post-coming. I mean, maybe I guess just double-check with them and be like, why do you back out? And they go, well, I don't know. I'm well, embarrassed. And you go, yeah, so am I. Because they haven't they? And they've lost interest now. They're, they're yeah, but they it. haven't because that's what cream pie is all about. It's all about I'm going to come inside them and then... L- Lick the cum out. That's sorry to be graphic, but that's exactly what their words. Yes, so, but once you've once you've climaxed, your body returns to normal, doesn't it? So and that includes your sexual interest once you've come. So if you've if you've come and yeah, you know they want to do it anyway. They, they, well, then they, if they want to do it whole... anyway, yes, do it. But 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 I mean, I <laughs> yeah. would say the reason that you don't do it is because you you know you know now you just want to roll over and have a fag or whatever it is you do after sex. <laughs> have a fag, suck a humbug, and have a fag <laughs> have a with the cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well, there you go. Right. I think that's enough, isn't it? But what you were saying on this before about the feedback and stuff, that seemed like potentially that question was either someone trying to get off or maybe a little bit of a humble brag. So I think we have a lot of questions on here for people who are in, in trouble, which makes sense. But if anyone does want to get in touch with us and tell us how they've done something with their partner or where they feel like they've they've like got over a hurdle together or they've done some really they've fun like new problem. sexual thing solved a problem or mm. just within themselves do let us know yeah. that'd be great even if it is you know i have found this sexual thing online i wanted to do i approached it with my partner they said they were up for it we had a great conversation about it and then we did it and it was great we want to hear about it so Send it to all the usual places. We're at Real Sex Ed Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can email us podcast@hatch.com as well. So there is going to be a space now. If you would like to, you can send us your little your little wins, your W's, your yeah, which would be really nice because, as I say, this is a whole section for people just to be like, oh, I don't know how to do this, or we're struggling with that. So let's correct that. Mm. Brilliant. Right. Well, that's all we have time for on this episode of the Royal Sex Education. Mum, thank you so much as, as ever for joining me. Oh, thank you, Diggs. You have to go and have an f- argument with the Coleman, don't you? So you're, you've <laughs> got to run. Um, but thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do give us a rating review wherever you're listening to it now, like Spotify or iTunes. Spotify. Wow. Don't know why I went American very briefly there. It really helps us out. So make sure you're subscribed as well to wherever you're listening to this. Like, as I say, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Make sure you're subscribed because our episode next week is where we'll be answering a very important question. Why some straight men have sex with men. Ooh, Ooh, can't wait. Can't wait. We'll see you then for some more Real Sex Education. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. The show is produced by Diggory Waite and the executive producer is Claire Broughton. The Real Sex Education is a hat-trick podcast. This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between Diggory Waite and his mother, accredited sex therapist Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Diggory does wish his mother was played by Gillian Anderson. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 